greetings and welcome to this rather solemn episode of Nightcaps at the Theater. Uh, who am I? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I, I thought I was dead. Yeah, no, no. no. <laughs> we uh, we are mourning uh, the the temporary departure, the sabbatical, <laughs> the sabbatical. Of one of our colleagues. Um, so this show, it's a bit more slimmed down. We have trimmed the fat, so to say. But uh, if you're anything like me, the fat is uh, your favorite part of the turkey. Oh, so, that's true. Yeah, we're... What? You just eat straight turkey fat? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I didn't say that. I said it's my favorite. You got to have the, the the shitty bits in order to properly appreciate the fat. That's true, I, I guess, in a... <laughs> The somber sort of way. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be a little bit different around here. Hopefully not for long. Hmm. Um, And, well, we'll see what happens. No guarantees, no refunds. Yeah. No satisfaction. uh, uh, Shit, I already said guarantee. Now I'm trying to think of a synonym (laughs) for guarantee, but there's really none out there. No satisfaction transaction. (laughs) Hey, there we go. Uh, Convention, conjunction, junction. What's your function? Well, my function is a co-host of this particular episode of Nightcaps at the Theater, which is a Mm -hmm. podcast dedicated to uh, pop culture and film and related things. You have caught us uh, in the middle of our, not in the middle, we're we're at the start of our (laughs) moose-bouche segment for July 11th. Oh my God, I just realized it's 7-Eleven day. Holy crap. And I did not- Oh, it is! Are 7-Elevens even still open now? Yeah, free Slurpee <laughs> with a side of COVID. <laughs> Delicious. Uh, yum, yum, yum. Damn, that actually, that bums me out. I don't think I'm going to be able to do the show either. Yeah, it's you're on your own this time, John. I'm, I'm too depressed now. You know, it's time for my Julie Klausner moment. <laughs> I've been waiting for forever. <laughs> my single hosting podcast duties have finally arrived. Um, if, in case you don't know me, I'm Wiz the Gabagool. I'm Jonathan Kwiatkowski. And I am uh, Matt Waystar Cabrera Co. Uh, lacking <laughs> fresh, cold, icy Slurpee and down my gullet Cabrera. What's your favorite Slurpee flavor, man? Oh, I, oh, you know me. I get a suicide. I get the, uh, well, okay. I'm, despite my tendencies, I do have a favorite, and that is the uh, Pina Colada. Yeah. But, uh, which is kind of hard to find nowadays. Uh, they've been going more with like light flavors that are kind of on a health. Those kids have been going hard on the the pina coladas. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They've been uh, like a bull in a china shop once they have a couple of those down their throat. Just think of the SpongeBob like Goofy Goober. Like, I want more ice cream over here. (laughs) You've had enough. Yeah. (laughs) No, it is, it is, of course, alcohol free. Unlike this uh, show, I am. I am swilling a yingling right here. <laughs> I'm at the classiest. I'm having a fucking Heineken because that's where my life's at now, unfortunately. It, that was the first uh, alcoholic drink I've ever intentionally consumed. Oh, mine was straight vodka <laughs> <laughs> that I thought was water. And I downed half the bottle and said, my throat's on fire. Well, I, I did say intentionally, but it sounded like <laughs> once after your first sip, you enjoyed it. So I'm going to let that slide. Yeah. I'll prove that. Um, but, uh, yeah, my first, I guess my first drink intentionally or not was, uh, at a church party. <laughs> I don't know why I was doing this. I was just, I was mind sweeping tables. Um, and I saw a little glass at a table and it was filled with what I was pretty sure was Pepsi. 
I, I don't know why I didn't think it was Coke, but I, <laughs> I just had an inkling that it was specifically Pepsi. And I took a swig and I was like, that is not Pepsi. And something awoken me and I've never been the same ever since. I've been in bed since that day. (laughs) Uh, The before times when you could just go on random tables (laughs) and eat the remaining food and drink the the Uh, dregs that people left over. When we were young. I like to imagine there was like a cigarette butt in that glass and you say, "Eh, eh." I could get used to this. (laughs) <laughs> oh, uh, all right. All right. Well, um, we've had our banter. Yep. We had checked that off the list. <laughs> <laughs> yep. We're going down the uh, down the rabbit hole, I guess. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Next segment, our uh, our our first segment, second billing, is uh. Oh, you got to help me out here. What the fuck is this? Well, it's should T- you? Be, no, no, no. Should you be telling people to shut up? We got oh, that oh, still. Yeah. <laughs> Good lord. It's all right. It's only like our 50th booze bouche segment. Someday it'll stick. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm new at this. Uh, welcome to Shut Up Weeb. Uh, right. Yeah, sit in your chair and be quiet while you tell us about <laughs> recent anime you've watched. Yeah, I assume that you haven't seen any animated things as of late? Uh, da, da, da. Nope. All right, then I guess I'll take over. Um, the first thing I want to bring up, in case you haven't noticed, Matthew Cabrera, I've been living on your HBO Max account, mm-hmm. and I'm really sorry that I filled up that entire list of things to watch. Have you been I watching only... uh, The Sopranos? Oh, we'll, we'll get there. Don't spoil my little, <laughs> oh, oh, my yeah, little kimono. <laughs> I meant uh, the Babanos. Yes, the Babanos, the, everyone's favorite uh, <laughs> mid-New Jersey family. <laughs> Um, but I have been stealing your HBO account and I, I do apologize because I like put 7,000 things on your list and it's only after I put the last thing that I said, shit, this is Matt's account. (laughs) No, I don't use that list feature. So you are all All good. All right. It kind of sucks on HBO max, but the programming is good. Um, the first thing I want to bring up, I know I might've mentioned it previously, but not on an official amuse-bouche segment is Adventure Time Distant Land on HBO max. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so in case you don't know, Adventure this Time is the, Distant... This is the adult uh, tits and ass version <laughs> of Adventure yeah, it's the drawn, It's the drawn together, scantily clad, <laughs> late night version of our favorite Adventure Time character. That'll be why it's on HBO. Yeah, or see HBO what, Max. See what Bubblegum Princess got cooking under there, huh? Ooh, <laughs> but uh, Adventure Time Distant Land is not a spinoff. It's a little bit of a... A miniseries devoted to the characters we've come to know and love from Adventure Time that um, is actually going to take place over the course of the year, I believe. There's four episodes or five episodes set that are going to premiere after a certain amount of time has gone by. They've only given us one hour-long episode devoted entirely to BMO, everyone's favorite robot companion. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it because um, not only are like all the voice actors back and these stories are are cute enough, but Adventure Time's humor is so quirky and weird. I, I told you in the Facebook chat that they had a, a Frasier reference in this episode. Yes, and I tried and... to guess what it was. I, I assumed it was Sherry Miles or Niles. God damn. Oh, my God. <laughs> Just kicked me off the show. <laughs> um, but it was actually maybe I could hear the blues are calling toss salad and scrambled eggs oh that's great <laughs> sung by one of BMO's uh, compatriots but it's really good I'm excited to see it going forward um, I kind of miss Adventure Time and shows of its ilk 
Um, so I'm just glad that they're giving us more Adventure Time, and it seems to be in the same vein of the show that we loved. Okay, quick question for you, because yes. I am not somebody who has seen Adventure Time. I think I watched one episode, and I was like, I don't get it. I don't understand. <laughs> it's like stoner humor. It's, it's weird. They're using algebraic improperly. <laughs> I want out. So uh, would this HBO Max show be good for somebody who has not seen the original show? Yeah, because it's just it's still just as weird. It's like there's no there's a plot, but it's a very loose okay. plot. And I will say that this first episode is actually a prequel to the series, but Ooh. it doesn't really factor into anything. Hmm. All right. Interesting. It, it's very odd. <laughs> and is all of Adventure Time on HBO Max? Mm, ooh, that's a good question. I don't think so. I think it used to be on Hulu. Like the whole... Oh, s- oh yeah. At least that's where I watched one yeah. episode. Yeah, as of last year, because that's how I had to finish the series when it like went off or whatever. Because well, I was missing two seasons. Yeah, these, these licenses are a mess. Oh, it is on HBO Max. Yeah, oh, all of it. Ten seasons. Cool. There you go. Cool. Um, next on my list, another animated brought to you by HBO Max series, uh, Close Enough by J.Q. Quintel, hmm. who you may know from Regular Show, Flapjack, and more. Ah. Um, this recently premiered. It's like the adult version of Regular Show, and Regular Show was already like kind of adult. <laughs> These characters are in L.A. They're two, a married couple and their daughter living with a, another kind of off or on cop, a couple in this apartment complex, and they just get into zany scenarios uh, very adult humor. One of them is like robbing a uh, children's fundraiser. <laughs> One of them is devoted to like street urchins <laughs> in like downtown LA that actually turn out to be homeless people. It's it's hard to describe, but it, it's quirky regular show humor. And you would seem, at least to me, to be like a uh, regular show's target demographic. I think you would really gel well with that show. Yeah, I've kind of been hearing that. I've been hearing from people uh, across the internet that kind of share my tastes, and they're like, yeah, this is a fantastic, amazing show. All right, regular show, I mean. Uh, I haven't uh, yeah. I've seen close enough, but uh, maybe, maybe I'll give it a shot. I, Yep, yeah, I don't know. I just have too old weird... for cartoons? I think that might kind of partially be it i have like this weird <laughs> mental barrier you know what it is i think i think i'm too much of like a softy i'm too sentimental so when i see like like children's cartoons and everything being like happy and quaint i i just can't uh fathom it and i will not stand for it quite frankly <laughs> oh my god it brings a tear to my eye and i get angry where did i get this man a soda box <laughs> <laughs> uh maybe someday yeah. All right. Well, I'm just saying. I think if anything, um, the J the oh my gosh, I can't JG Quintal humor <laughs> is really going to stick with you because it, it just feels up your alley. It's like they're all hipsters and they're they're referencing things that you also enjoy. Ah, damn. I guess I will. Just give it a try. I yeah. You know, give no it, reason not episode. to. Yeah. That's all. Um, another cartoon. I gave the new Looney Tunes show a try. Um, I like it. It's yet again a little bit more adults than before. I'm not saying that you know Bugs is going topless or anything of the sort. Whoa, I don't. <laughs> hey, personally, I, I don't know. I don't. I, I don't care about Bugs. What about uh, what about Lola? Lola she make Lola. An appearance on this. She was not in the OG series, so I don't think she does. Damn it. <laughs> The internet let out a cry of horror. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Silent cry. Um, but it's good. But the the thing that bothers me is the animation style is like 
not hand-drawn, which obviously it, it could never go back to being that way. And it's uh, a little bit Flash-style animation. Hmm. And it doesn't it doesn't gel well with me, but people seem to love it. I don't know. Okay. It's probably like... I'm just going to take a guess here that maybe it doesn't have like the proper shading and like textures. Like it's yeah. flat and solid. Yeah, because I, I grew up with the Looney Tunes. Like that was my... We're, most of my original humor came from and you know like my adult references and and stuff so i remember like even the cruddiness of like some of the hand-drawn frames i'm not saying that mel blank and company are cruddy animators in any way (laughs) shape or form but i like that grit baby i like that dirty raw (laughs) disney (laughs) fucking animation (laughs) unadulterated Yeah, it's like, the, it's like the film noise versus uh, these digital cameras they got coming out in Hollywood mm-hmm. these days. Yeah, give me those cells. Give me them. Oh yeah, filament. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I kind of see what you mean. I'm looking at some screenshots. Yeah, and yeah. in motion, it's it's not. It doesn't feel. It feels too fluid. That it's mm-hmm. like you're. I don't know what the the frames per second thing would be, but I think this would be similar to like seeing something in thirty frames per second versus sixty frames per second or whatever, whatever movies used to do. <laughs> yeah, whatever uh, Ang Lee has recently concocted. <laughs> Gemini um, man, motherfucker. <laughs> but it, it's good, and I guess I'll finish it. There's only like a handful of episodes, but they do have. Uh, a lot of the original episodes, which I've been given a watch to, okay. um, even from like the 30s, the 40s and up. Have those um, been censored? They've gotten rid of anything that they've gotten like literally rid of every episode that had a, a racist, sexist. Wow. Or, yeah. Well, listen, we're not going to get into it on this podcast, but, uh, you know, I fucking hate that. And I mm-hmm. want to get rid of uh, anybody who 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 encourages it. You want to get rid of everyone personally? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just kidding because I, 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 I was yeah. just joking about uh, not making a stand and then trying to come out <laughs> make a stand. Actually. But uh, yeah, no, I don't know. People got their reasons. Yeah, uh, it's a bit of a shame, but we'll see. And last on my shut up weave category, I gave it a watch. It's actually an anime. It's one episode out. Uh, I heard through the grapevine on Twitter that this show is really good. It started. It's called The God of High School. It's giving me, like, original DBZ vibes. The premise is everyone's in high school, and they're all... uh, The best fighters are invited to a tournament, and that that's the only premise that we've seen so far which you know it, it's not my type of shonen anime i'm more into like the artsy fartsy cerebral uh give me a magical girl any day of the week but when it gets down to fighting in a tournament i'm like been there seen that but people are saying it's the next big thing and i i don't know i'll wait and see a few more episodes to make that judgment call Mm. Well, the show the show sounds familiar. I think uh, that was my old nickname, God of High School. Uh, but it was my nickname in college. So, I don't know. If Mine was Truffle Shuffle. <laughs> hey, look, it's Jonathan Truffle Shuffle Kwiatkowski. <laughs> That's better than mine. Mine was... Uh... Sugar Tits. <laughs> I, was trying, I was trying to think of what the, uh, what the monster's name in that movie in the Goonies was and I uh, Chunk? Could, not, could not Google it fast enough. Yeah. Chunk? Wait. No. The Fratellis? No. The uh, Hey One-eyed Willie? Guys. That's Chunk. That, oh, really? Yeah. Wow. That is 
Not what I thought. I thought his name started with like an S or something. Oh, maybe know. he does have a name that they reveal in the end, but it's eh, been a while. It's been it's been even longer for me. Yeah. Yep. But um, I'm, I'll shut up now. I talked my weep talk. Uh, on to our next segment being TV chords. Bang, what TV bang. did you see? Oh yeah, bang bang. There is a gavel. <laughs> Let's see TV. Ah yes, the old television. <laughs> Well, uh, I've continued my watch of King of the Hill. Oh, this! I, listen, I am enjoying this uh, a good deal more than I thought I would. Quite frankly, this is like a properly good television show. I mean, you see it all over the internet now; everyone's uh, memeing it, and you know, kind of for good reason. I, I never realized how much, um, pretty much how much character you could imbue into. Uh, well into a character just by doing their voice but the voices here i mean i know it's like the thing that everybody loves to make fun of but the voice work on this show is just fantastic it's it's incredible it really it just kind of i don't i don't know what it does to you It, it it almost like softens your guard it's it's like welcoming you know after the first couple episodes once you get used to the voices uh, when you hear them again, it's like it's like an old friend calling you back. Oh. Uh, it's it's really it's really nice, and it's also really funny. Like a lot of these jokes would not land with other voice actors or other voice, you know, like accents, but uh, they they really work here. And um, and yeah, I mean it's a it's a regular sitcom, obviously from the '90s. So there's not a lot of like you know there is an overarching plot like at all. But um, uh, one thing I like is that it's not, you know, it's really not sentimental. Um, it's not sappy or saccharine. It's it's pretty, fairly realistic in in the sense that, you know, these people, this family gets itself into kooky situations. And they're not always right about the way they go about it. But they always get their comeuppance at the end. So the show is like kind of unforgiving towards them um like more in a way than you would see in a another sitcom like i don't i don't know friends or <laughs> i love how you consider king of the hill not not an animated show but like a, a genuine sitcom oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure, it could have real real heel turn <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a very good point i don't watch animated shows i'm too old now king of the hill though there's something about these actors yeah <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just the, the older animation style. Uh, <laughs> or maybe you just think they're just live action actors. I don't know. <laughs> no, I, I, sometimes when I do watch animated shows, I'm, this is probably everybody, but I try to think of like how certain shots would translate to live action. And, um, you know, sometimes, uh, sometimes I have to give kudos for how things translate to cartoon imagery. But, um, yeah, no, I I think it's because of the older style of the show. I, I think it's not that I don't like necessarily like children's shows or children's cartoons or I think it's that I don't really want to watch modern children's cartoons. For, mm. for whatever reason, I gravitate toward the retro stuff like uh, huh. most recently before this, I think I watched Cowboy Bebop. Okay. And then King of the Hill, and then you know I watched Futurama a couple years back. Yeah, a logical uh, progression: Cowboy Peep Up into King of the Hill. A <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, variety is the spice of life, baby. It's true. <laughs> but uh, 
yeah, it's 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 really a good show. I'm in the probably like around the middle of season two, and yeah, I, I feel like it's kind of firing on all cylinders. Um, it's 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 got a heart at the center of it. I mean, obviously, you do want to root for these characters, but um, I don't know. It's just fun. It's it's funnier than I expected. Mm-hmm. Most of my memories prior to the show becoming like a YouTube hit and prior to my watching of it was uh, just when my brother would have it on in the background. And I never used to like it being on. Yes, I was <laughs> the same the way. Yeah. Because I, I think it's the animation style. It's, it's unsettling. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. It's everyone kind of looks like a potato and they have <laughs> weird wrinkles and weird lines. But um, I don't know. Now that I'm older, I just I guess I appreciate like the, that art style more. It's kind of funny mm-hmm. just what they can do with their faces and the reactions and just it all really meshes well together with the uh, with the voice work. So, uh, yeah, it's I back when I was young, I didn't think it was funny. But uh, now that I'm older, I, I find myself chuckling quite a bit. Your wiser circumstances. I hope mm. so. So it's a, it's a solid show. It's a it's it's a recommend from me. Obviously, people people know the show. They've heard of it, but uh, you know, it's it is a little more than just a YouTube sensation. Mm. It's a little more than just a YouTube poop. <laughs> so uh, next on the docket, April and I we finished, uh, or we didn't finish, but we caught up with Barry. Uh, because it is still in production. Season three is coming out uh, probably never at this point, but we have two pretty solid seasons so far. Uh, so we caught up. Uh, I was kind of lukewarm on this last time I spoke about it because uh, the first half of the season is a little, I don't know if it's a little unfocused um, and you don't really like glob onto the characters all that much mm-hmm. but uh the second half of the first season was really good that's probably my favorite stretch of episodes so far and then the uh well pretty much the reason for that is because shit gets real and barry really has to start making some hard decisions some hard choices which was uh is pretty welcome because a lot of his time on the show he's just he's he's like the world's luckiest hitman. <laughs> He's just very lucky. Um, lots of things happen coincidentally in order to get him out of uh, sticky situations. So it's not, you know, necessarily due to his prowess, but um, you know, just because of uh, being in the right place at the right time. Mm. So that mixed with some of the hard decisions that he has to make, it makes it it makes him as a character a little bit tough to root for sometimes because. Um, you know, a lot of it is him trying to fight himself and trying to fight who he really is and trying to reinvent himself. And that part of his personality is, of course, really sympathetic to the audience, and that's who you really want to cheer for. But, you know, then at the same time, he, he does these uh, he does these bad things, um, such as a Machine Gun Kelly would say, that yeah, it, it kind of turns you off a little bit. And, um, I mean, we, we just have to see how it all ends. I think a lot of what this show is going for is going to hinge on, uh, on where it ends in the finale or in the final season and pretty much just seeing how it all plays out. Um, 
in terms of uh, Barry and and what he's able to achieve or or what he's uh, faced with at mm. the end of it all. Uh, because I will say at the end of season two, it is um, uh, there are some hard to watch moments that you know, are really good TV, but um, <laughs> it, it does kind of have me asking the question, like, where does it all go from here? And uh, well, I'm, I'm excited to see. There, there still are some aspects of the show that I'm not like 100 uh, percent on board with. Mm-hmm. Like, um, you know, I expressed last time that I'm not crazy about the female love interest. She is a little bit more fleshed out by the end of season two. Um, and there are some really good moments. She she steals one scene in particular in season two, episode seven. That is really solid and gives good insight into her into her character. Mm-hmm. But um, a lot of it is also she's kind of in a similar place as Barry where um they do things that are irredeemable <laughs> uh which she does is not really quite irredeemable it's just it's more annoying than irredeemable but um yeah, it does make it a little bit hard to root for her sometimes and um throughout much of the run of the show I really just kind of get the feeling that she's annoying and I don't really care what happens to her but um the second season did show some signs of improvement there is um, a very brief, very like all too brief um, scene about uh, kind of the the Me Too movement and um, her place in it, and um, and there are there are some scenes concerning uh, her ex husband, and finally in the in the season two finale, there is a a pretty good scene that I hope is a hint of uh, some promising things to come that um, that have ramifications for her career. So I, I think there are flashes of brilliance here. But, um, I, yeah, I just... I, I think maybe I do want to see it kind of belong more to that Breaking Bad universe, like I mentioned before, or, or take a little bit more inspiration from that. Because uh, a lot of times characters are just kind of getting away from situations too easily, not really uh, facing consequences all that much. But um, and I don't. There is a lot of suspension of disbelief here when it comes to the show, which um, I'm totally okay with. But sometimes it feels a little inconsistent. Like um, you know, Barry after murdering someone, for example, is able to walk away from a crime scene basically like next to the cops without being seen or, you know, there's no like video recording of, of a, anything occurring like a brawl in a store that he's a part of. There's, there's no video evidence and nobody tries to look for him as a result. So there's some suspension of disbelief, but um, I mean, then again, that did happen in the same episode where we're introduced to like a, like an 11 year old uh, child who is more monster than child. She uh, she snarls and she climbs trees really quickly and she jumps onto roofs and she bites people's uh, faces off. Sounds realistic. So, yeah, it's uh, like I said before, it's uh, flashes of brilliance, but kind of um, inconsistent on the whole. Mm-hmm. But I you know, there's not much else like there on TV, like uh, when it's when it's really firing all four cylinders, it's um, unmatched in a lot of aspects. So I'll definitely uh, keep tuning in. I'll keep watching. And one thing that I was really impressed by, 
uh, that I was not aware of until close to the end of my watch was that uh, Bill Hader himself is actually um, kind of an executive here. He does a lot of uh, directing. He directs some of the best episodes, and he writes most of the episodes as well. Wow. Triple So, yeah, I did not know that he was, uh, you know, capable of all of that, which is really awesome to see. And, um, man, I hope he continues seeing uh, success in Hollywood and that he is, uh, you know, given all the creative control he wants after this project. Yeah, and if he's successful, he could slip up money, a little bit of money our way. You know, for, <laughs> yeah. for him on this podcast. Yeah, we've been rooting for him since the SNL days. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, luckily, this is now the highest rated show on HBO, now that mm-hmm. uh, Game of Thrones has left. Although... Mm-hmm. Should it, go to Euphoria. <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe it will. <laughs> I actually didn't. Maybe Euphoria beat it. Because that came out after Barry. But at the time of Barry's second season, it was the highest rated show. And um, that's because it did have Game of Thrones as a lead-in. So uh, we'll see if that continues through season three. Because as soon as that, like, it, it was getting like half a million views every week. And then Game of Thrones came out. And then it started getting two million views every week. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we'll see if that continues. But, um, you know, I hope it does. I wish him success. It's, uh, it's still a pretty great show. Mm. Despite some of my... Uh, minor criticisms yeah i need to give it a watch people have been saying it's good yeah next we got a uh, succession also oh, on yeah. HBO. this is something that uh april and i or this is kind of the next show we are both partaking in together after barry and um i see i'm like oh that's not a sopranos episode <laughs> who's using this account <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and, uh, <laughs> but um it's okay it's it's uh, like it's fine i do hear i i heard when this came out that season one wasn't all that great but um but then season two came out and started getting pretty strong reviews so you know i decided to give it a watch and i do have that in mind that you know hopefully it will get better as the episodes go on i'm about halfway through the first season right now and it's it's okay there are again some promising signs but um overall it is it's fairly weak um especially like in particular the first two episodes or so so what this show is it's pretty much just white people rich white people (laughs) being rich and white and elitist and annoying how original groundbreaking (laughs) and so kind of my problem with the show was that for the first two episodes these characters weren't really getting their comeuppance all that much so you were just seeing them be annoying for no reason. and um, But that's, you know, the, the House of Cards started to fall um, <laughs> as the episodes continued. So that's been a little bit fun to see. And similarly, the writing has... Um, it's... Uh, what's the word? It's kind of tempered itself. Mm. Because the first two episodes featured some writing that was... It just felt really bad to me. Um, it felt like such unrealistic writing, like the writers were just trying way too hard in their college course, and they were trying to be like too precocious, and it just was not landing. Mm. Um, and it was it was just adding to my kind of like overall annoyance of the whole show. Um, but it has taken a bit more of a backseat, thankfully, in, in these later episodes. It's, it plays more like an actual show than like a first draft uh I don't know, bad script. 
Mm. Um, it, it was just chock full of like references. <laughs> it, it it just came off sounding way too over the top, like a little bit hammy. And I was like, I, I can't see anybody talking like this in real life. <laughs> so, you know, I'm glad to see that that's changed. And I, I will keep watching. Um, you know, it, there are signs of improvement. I hope it continues down this path. Um, we will see. I'm looking mm. forward to uh, these rich white people hopefully getting what they deserve. <laughs> Their comeuppance. Mm-hmm. And second to last, but not least, we've got Killing Eve. I have caught up. Oh, boy. Yes, I finished season three, and I am uh, confused as ever. <laughs> yes, so we feel the same on this. Then. Yeah, this this show, I think I can say now, it has fallen off from but, its pedestal. You gotta admit, before the end there, you know, there was some good twist in like the last second of an episode, right? There were a few good ones there. Oh, I think I know what you're talking about, but I'm having trouble recalling. Like um, a certain house blowing up. That was a good one. A certain uh, incident at a golf course. Yes, yes. That was uh, also very good. They were good, but I I do agree with you. I feel like the storyline isn't going anywhere. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, they've kind of been talking about the 12 for three seasons now. I feel like we're any closer to them than we were before. The 12 was actually inside of you the whole time. (laughs) This season, uh, yeah, the season in particular, it feels like it sidelined a lot of main characters. And uh, this season was also interesting because it introduced a lot of new characters. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't really feel like they did much with them. Yeah. This season introduced Paul, I think. I don't believe he was there before. But um, he was kind of wasted overall. Yep. you know, we were led to, I guess, spoiler alert, we're, we're led into thinking that he's working for the 12. But um, yeah, it again, it just doesn't really lead anywhere. He just gets offed in the season <laughs> yep. finale. Um, we, we meet Geraldine, um, who is uh, Carolyn's daughter whom we've kind of never heard of before up until yep. season three. She is played by there. someone that... Oh, yes. I, I like know her face. <laughs> I believe. I'm pretty sure, but I forgot to look this up. I'm pretty sure she is Yara Greyjoy. Yep, yep that's it. Okay. Same face, same voice. That's why I knew. I was like, I've seen her on TV yeah. in the past two, three years. <laughs> but um, I mean, she's she's good in this role, but she's not really given too much to work with. Like her character. I mean, honestly, if she hadn't been in the season, I don't think anything in terms of the plot would have changed. Oh, yeah, because Fiona Shaw is just like, I don't show emotions the same as you. Get out of my house. I hate you. I love you. Eh." Yeah, it seems like maybe they could have replaced um, Jerry's character with Mo, and then Mo's death, or again, spoiler alert, could have Mm -hmm. had a little bit more um, uh, weight to it, because once that happened, um, I was like, oh, man, that sucks. But then... I don't know. The characters don't really react to it all that much. It's not treated as like a big occurrence. So it's just kind of another thing that's sidelined in the show. It's it's just kind of weird. So they, they introduce a few new characters. They get rid of a few old characters. But it doesn't really seem to be in service of uh, anything in particular. Mm. Where this season did shine, I think, is, um, again, Fiona Shaw. Yes. She, uh, she did great here. And uh, Villanelle. 
Julie Comer. Mm-hmm. This was uh, her. This was basically the Villanelle and Carolyn show. Yeah, it was called Killing Eve, but where was Eve on this season? Am I right? Yeah, again, not too much to her. Um, no Sandra O oh for you. <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, Villanelle is she. She has a good arc. I, I complained about it a little bit last time. How it was a little all over the place, but um, thankfully despite it being all over the place, that did kind of deliver um, somewhat by the end, you know, especially in regards to her family and her trying to give up the uh, profession that she is known for. I, I think that is really interesting. And I think uh, Constantine as well, trying yeah. to trying to leave is uh, also very interesting. I think that should have been like the main storyline of the season. And if they could focus more on that, it would have been uh, pretty interesting. Oh, and another new character that they introduce and do nothing with was um, uh, Helen from the Twelve to yeah. an extent, but more yeah. so her kind of protege. Um, I yeah. forgot her name, but the the goth bear hug, girl. bear hug McGee. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and um, yeah, they they really do nothing with her. I was kind of I was kind of excited and I was kind of fearful that she would turn into like a real threat and you know almost outdo Villanelle in some aspects. But nope. Uh, yeah, we didn't get that. It's just, it's weird. I'm not sure what the show's trying to do, and it really needs to focus itself. You yeah, know, it's just there to ship you with, or make you ship uh, Villanelle and Eve. Yeah. It's the show. Which, um, yeah, the season finale, when it came to their dynamic, was pretty good. Um, I enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do feel like I don't, it could have used a bit more build-up this season. Yeah. Um, I think if this had happened like in season one or even season two, it would have been like, oh, wow, like now I'm really feeling something. But as it is now, I've, I've lost a bit of interest in that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I I assume the show's going to end probably like in maybe not season four, maybe season five. But, you know, it's about time. It's probably winding down and it just it really needs to figure itself out. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, it's it's a bit of a shame just because that first season was so uh, so in your face and bombastic and great, and it was it was sweeping the Emmys and everything. Yeah, it was uh, unique and and yeah, now it just feels like it's kind of lost that voice. And uh, yep, speaking of losing voices, uh, after that I watched Family uh, Celebrity. Family oh. Feud as part of oh. ABC's Summer Fun and Games. Oh. And uh, in particular, I did watch the RuPaul's Drag Queen. Or drag RuPaul's, RuPaul's Drag Queen. Yes. <laughs> RuPaul's Drag Race episode. Um, and this was this was fantastic. This had me laughing so much. When Ru just guesses the answer. <laughs> yeah, that was phenomenal. Looks to the crowd. <laughs> that was fantastic. Yeah. Um, they got a running joke with uh, Steve Harvey's toasted plum outfit. Yep. Oh, I'm going to burn this. <laughs> <laughs> it was so strong. I think, um, you know, Steve Harvey, he was, he, he was pretty good here. There were a few moments where he was genuinely kind of speechless and he was like, just unable to come up with anything. He was unable to pull in the reins on his show. Yep. Um, but yeah, overall, I think he, he did a great job. He had some great lines himself and uh, there's, it, it, there's just so much humor when it yeah. comes to him losing control of the show. Um, he plays that pretty well. Um, 
yeah, this was just really fun and enjoyable. I, yeah, I was surprised. I was, uh, I was impressed. You should try watching the other 16 and a half seasons of Drag Race. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, when I'm, no. <laughs> it's really good. Uh, maybe. Depending on what season you watch. Uh, but uh, it, it was a it was a real treat. It was a joy to see them all mm. on uh, Steve Harvey's stage. Yeah, it was just it was fantastic. And if you have not seen this episode, definitely uh, look it up on Hulu before it goes away, because um, yeah, it is just a really good time. Um, yeah, not much else to say about it. I, I really like Latrice's uh, deep voice, too. <laughs> this is my voice. <laughs> Chunky, yet punky, large and in charge. Uh, Latrice Royale. I love it. Steve Harvey was like, all right, but tell me that in your real voice. And uh, she was like, you mean my real voice? <laughs> yes. And he just, Steve Harvey just did not know what to do at that moment. Yep. Uh, it is great. Uh, yeah, that's that's all I got for TV court. It is about time to shut me up. All right, I, I got a lot of TV. Oh, right. so good. Try to make this quick to get to the good stuff. Um, so something that I tried to watch on, I think it's AMC is used to be on Shutter. Um, that new creep show show based uh, yeah. on like the the creep show movies slash Stephen King shorts. Um, and you would think this would be a, a series after mine own heart. I tried to give it a watch one episode and I said, this is too cheaply made for me. I'm sorry, honey. Really? This is not it. This is not it. It feels, uh, and I, I just said, no, I said, nope, this, <laughs> <laughs> this is not it. I tried watching just the first episode and it's like uh, two vignettes, two shorts in one 30 minute segment. And oh my goodness, I was just so bored. It, mm. it looked cheaply made. The acting's corny, but not like in a camp fun way. Eh, it wasn't doing it for me. Were you watching the um, the Shutter season, or was this like the AMC season? It was the original Shutter season. I think they just put on like on demand. Okay. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe they upped the budget for the AMC one. Ooh, I don't think that'll help. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It left such a bad taste in my mouth. Damn. Especially when uh, compared to my next uh, Stephen King adjacent property, Nosferatu, mm. um, this show, as much as I love to hate it, it's still bad. It's oh. still really, it's still bad. It's slow going. It's like moving through a blizzard up in here. There's nothing happening. <laughs> in the first half there, I was like, oh, wow, this actually yeah. turned around for him. No. Nope. They did not turn the beat around. In fact, they're they're trying to make you feel bad for Charlie Manx, who is like a child abductor and pedophile. Oh boy! <laughs> I'm like, no, you can't, you can't do that. <laughs> Don't give us an episode with his backstory that no one cares about. <laughs> oh, I I just don't know. And this, sh- I told you, this novel is short, and it's already two seasons, and they're just grasping at straws, trying to get us to the end of this book. Damn. I, they should have just made it a miniseries, it sounds like. They should have. They should have. But I don't even know how it got two seasons. But I guess there's <laughs> assholes like me that are watching it. So that has to be why. Uh. <laughs> so I'll keep going. I want to see how this winds up. Um, they And they take so many liberties with the book. It's like, eh, I don't... I don't mm. uh. There's no sense of urgency because it's just these stupid kids in Christmas land with big teeth that eat people. Hmm. <laughs> 
you know what they're going to end up doing? You uh, you assholes out there, keep watching it. Yeah, we're going to have a season three. Yeah, it's going to be like The Walking Dead. It's going to go on for 16 seasons. Oh, my God. There's just, no way. No. The same show in a different area, different not a, studio. Not this. Not a snowflake's chance in hell. <laughs> I said last season, and then they did that to me anyway. Yeah. Um, good TV. At Home with Amy Sedaris. Constant gem. Nice. Love me some Amy Sedaris. She had a murder mystery episode in which she kills the network is like uh, threatening her with a new um, home. What do you call it? Like housekeep, not housekeeping, like home lifestyle. Yeah. Like standards and practice. Yeah. Like, like that. They're like threatening another homeowner show. And it's actually a, a Chris Angel like reference. It's like, it's staged in like a mind freak style, but it's like, oh. we're baking these potatoes. <laughs> and the murder mystery is just like Amy Sedaris playing herself, the detective, and other characters around it. So it's really interesting that I, I just love it. It's so it's so wonderful. Um, the side characters are getting more of like a a um, a way into the main. Well, I, they're all main characters, but they're also not Amy Sedaris, so they're technically right. side characters. But they're fleshing out like their stories a lot more. They're a lot more prominent. Like Colascola is literally like in every episode now. Uh, they're fleshing, fleshing out like uh, Amy's neighbor Patty Hogg, who's also played by Amy Sedaris, <laughs> a bit more than previous seasons. So I, I'm liking it. And I think the show needs to be on forever because with these old movie references that they're giving me every episode, I I just can't. Nice. I I love it. I've got to get back into it. I'm very glad it's been getting, it's gotten so many seasons and yeah, I hope it continues. Mm -hmm. That's impressive. Um, Next on HBO slash HBO max, I've been watching the new documentary series by um, based around Michelle McNamara, who is a crime writer and married to Patton Oswalt at the time. I, I mean, she passed recently, which is, right. it gave it gave a lot of buzz because she was like um, an internet detective that was also like a very good writer mm. and a charming personality. And due to her writing and her sleuthing, she actually solved uh, the serial killer of like the serial killer um, case of the East Area Rapist, which actually turned out to be like a cop in disguise all these years, constant rapes and murders. Wow. Crazy, but... It's really interesting for an HBO series too, and I I feel for Patton because you can genuinely feel like he's there, not narrating, but like giving us little tidbits of like what Michelle was doing. Like you could generally feel their their relationship together and how you know opposites attracted, and yet they were very similar in a way. Both very funny and passionate about their work. So, wow, yeah, it's just interesting that you know I I never knew that. I mean, true crime has been a thing for a while. Right. But I never knew that there's these whole boards where like people at home <laughs> work on the internet and just solve these murders and rapes and crimes that have happened all these years ago. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I mean, that's yeah. that's uh, it's nice to see the internet being used for something good. <laughs> <laughs> no, right? Imagine that. <laughs> yeah. Um, for my standard issue drag race block of the week, we're almost at the end of All Stars season five. Uh, we've got two episodes left. I will say that this All-Stars has been the most tepid All-Stars in history mm. um, because it's so obvious that Shea Coulee is going to win because every fan of the show is like, Shea Coulee was robbed. She needs to win. Mm. And it, it's going to happen. 
Oh yeah, I totally, I totally agree. I wouldn't say she was robbed because Sasha Valor won that season, but I just, I think that Shea Coulee deserves a hundred thousand dollars. And with the new uh, money lip sync twist thing, she's already gotten thirty grand already, so she's gonna win a hundred and thirty plus prizes and stuff. Jeez. We assume. Uh, even people on the show are like, since our fan ba- base is so toxic, it's like they would never think of voting out Shea Coulee. <laughs> <laughs> Their careers would be ruined. Mm. Um, but surprisingly, whereas New Drag Race is failing me. Oh, wait, sorry. that, that I mean, yeah, New dra- Drag Race is failing me. Uh, there is a new show on WoW Presents Plus that me, Heather, and Gabe... I've commissioned them to watch with me because they are also avid Drag Race stands. <laughs> uh, so we have our day of the week when we get together. Drag Race Canada has premiered, and you may be thinking That's to yourself, RuPaul property. It it RuPaul is on it, but RuPaul is not a judge on it. Okay. Um, but you may be thinking to yourself, you know, we have Drag Race, which is now two and a half hours long every episode. <laughs> um. How dare we go back to our roots with just having one hour long episodes? And Matt, let me tell you, Canada Drag Race or Drag Race Canada, some of the best drag race I've done ever seen. Really? It's amazing. We all agree. We're on consensus. Me, Gabe, and Heather. It is funny. It is hilarious. It's like cheap, but in a good way again. (laughs) It's not daunting that you have to sit there on a Friday night and watch two hours of drag race. Okay. And say what could they possibly think of? The challenges are good. The queens are all funny and relatable. It it's amazing. I love it so much. Canada Drag Race. Hmm. Who would have thought? Yeah, it's almost like they. It sounds like they took the, uh, like they they brought RuPaul's Drag Race back to its roots. Yeah, yeah, that's how what it feels like too. Because uh, Drag Race UK a year or two ago did the same thing, but. Uh, RuPaul was also a host on that show, so it felt a little bit tainted by that. But this is, like, completely free of that. Well, I may check that out. Yeah, if you can find a WoW Presents Plus app, you could just use mine. (laughs) (laughs) Use my login information. But I think it's funny, and it's a return to form. Nice. Um, Legendary on HBO Max ended. This is the ballroom dance. Not ballroom dance, but, like, ballroom culture uh, voguing show. Okay. Uh, competition that has it was a good first season like i'm more interested in like the players in the game but the show is like here's our hosts that kind of know nothing about voguing except for laomi who's like the only trans judge on the panel mm. <laughs> and like a, a pillar in the ballroom culture and that's been kind of the the craw in most of the fans fan base's uh, ideas of where the show should go because it got renewed for season two they just want more competent judging going on okay which is interesting but uh the finale was really good it was filmed like on the last day and they show like a timeline uh march 15th in like new york city (laughs) um but they actually filmed this with like an empty audience and just the judges which is very interesting like it should have been done like this in some respects in the style i i feel from the beginning because it works really well and it opens on like a passionate like voguing tango going on between Naomi and the host of the show. Um, really good. Like this last episode was good, and they gave me a twist. Like I thought someone was a shoe in to win, and they did not. And another team won the hundred thousand uh, dollar grand prize. So very mm-hmm. interesting. Yep. Nice. Yep. Um, all right, I have that uh, on Netflix. I started season three of Dark. 
very good opening for season three. Um, there's some time shenanigans going on, of course, because it's dark, but now they're in different dimensions. And you would think to yourself, this is getting a little out of hand, but this show is very complicated. Um, <laughs> there's tons of like plot ideas that you have to re-catch up on. And especially since it's in German, you're like, who this bitch? <laughs> who this person? Um, but, yeah, literally. But I enjoy it and I can't wait to see how this plays out. I believe this is the final season, um, but it's a heavy watch. It's like I can only do a, an episode every few days because I have to really sit down and think. Sometimes I have to go back and I have to rewatch it because I'm just like, oh, okay, what happens? Then I have to watch like the fan theories on YouTube afterwards to explain Jeez. what's happening to me. That's crazy. But it's good, and they're they're doing time travel right, and there's very good character uh, building here. Like you, you like the characters, and you get to see different variations of the characters and, and different timelines. It's just interesting. It feels like if Stranger Things wanted to be cerebral, like I say every week. <laughs> uh, someday, someday I'll get into it. All right, I the think real you're right that season yeah. three is the last one. Yep, um, the real piece de resistance of this episode. Motherfucking Babysitter's Club! <laughs> On Netflix. Matt, do you think I'm more of a Claudia? Or would you say that I am a... Hmm, hmm, a Dawn? <laughs> I thought we all agreed. We all knew you were a Dorothy. Oh, there's... That's a different... <laughs> that's a different... <laughs> You're a Sophia. No, I'm... Yeah, yeah. I would say I'm close to Dorothy slash Sophia. But, uh... You would be such a Stacy with your type one diabetes, Matt. <laughs> yeah, th- this show. My diagnosis. <laughs> I know, right? We know now. <laughs> That's why you were always wearing that monitor. I figured it out. <laughs> um, but Babysitter's Club, really good, really witty, really snappy for like a charming, like young adult series uh, based on some classic books. I just love it because I feel like they've updated and made it a little fresh. It is corny. I'll give you that. It's cheesy, but like they'll squeeze in like a Lizzo reference. They'll mention like something going on in the theater community as of late. Interesting. Uh, they'll, just, they'll slip in these references and these allusions to societies. Like last episode I just watched, uh, Claudia's grandmother had a stroke and then, but not in like, it is serious, but they deal with it in like a kind heart of sort of, um, like you're dealing with these issues sort of way. And then she brought up like her time in the Japanese internment camps. <laughs> oh, wait, you yeah. mean Claudia or Claudia's grandmother? Claudia's grandmother. Yeah, that sounds more accurate. But it, it handles these things in a way that doesn't feel like it's shoehorning it down your throat and that it's not a sob story, if that makes okay. any sense. It, it's interesting. I, I can't think of any shows to compare it to. Um, I'm just passionate about the Baby Series Club because I read those books and I know them, them little, <laughs> them, I don't want to refer to them in any derogatory sense. Them <laughs> girls, they get up to some antics. <laughs> There's some drama to be spilled. <laughs> uh, I I just love it. I, I think it's quirky. I think it's good time. Uh, I, I hope there's a season two. <laughs> and they're taking these books and they're adapting the plots into a more modern setting, so... Yeah. Nice. And then finally, the last TV that I've watched, I'm sure Matt's aware, (laughs) the thing that's been popping up in his HBO Max every three seconds as of late, 
Mm-hmm. And now I'm rewatching the classic The Sopranos. Hey, oh. No spoilers, please. You haven't seen? It's been a while. I know. I've uh, I want to catch up before Many Saints of Newark, and uh, <laughs> I, I guess I'll catch up after you're done because <laughs> if I start it, it'll put you back on. You know when you click to keep watching it'll put you on like season one episode two and i don't want to do that to you <laughs> then i have to call customer service and say get <laughs> get mad off this account <laughs> um but it's good um i didn't as you have to imagine like my parents this show came out in 99 we were like 10 years old and my parents and you know my parents they were just and- watching it we were we were around then right we were like 99 you've been lying about your seven. age this whole time well, I mean, the show went on for like six and a half years. So, yeah, I, like, I, when it, yeah. I believe I even watched the the series finale live. Yeah, I did too because my parents forced me to watch it live, even <laughs> though I knew nothing about the show at that point. Yeah, I think my brother was watching it, and I was uh, I was in his room for some reason, and I was like, "Hey, is something wrong with your TV?" <laughs> yeah, my parents. I physically remember them like getting up and being like, "What happened to the TV?" <laughs> <laughs> Like, being so upset and, like, cursing at one another, but it's just charming. Don't stop. (laughs) Don't stop. Yeah. Don't stop. (laughs) We wish. Uh, But, yeah, I've been watching that show since a young age. I did not remember how crass it was, but, (laughs) oh, boy, it's coming back to me in the best sort of way. I've missed it so. The episode one opens with... uh, Little Anthony Jr. going, they go, Grandma's in the hospital. And Anthony Jr. goes, so what? No fucking ZD? <laughs> <laughs> right. And um, I have never related to anything <laughs> in my fucking life more than the show. All right. That might be, yeah, that line did it for me. That is No fucking ZD? <laughs> that is an all-time great. <laughs> wow. And it's just little things. Like, it's clearly racist because they're talking about growing up in in Nork all this time and I'm just like this is my life this is what I was growing up on like I understand every oh we got no fucking gabagool uh you expect me to eat it off the whore's ass like what like what you expect me to go to the Portuguese oh my gosh they they get really really offensive (laughs) but uh, I don't know I, I think it's a good watch I binge like the first season in a day I'm almost done with season two in two days, so it, it's crazy. Oh, man. I, I excited, excited to get yeah. into it. And I don't remember it being this funny before. Like, <laughs> there's just times when uh, James Galadolfini, Tony Soprano is in there with uh, Lorraine. Is it? Yeah, it's Lorraine. Always forget. It's Edie Falco and Lorraine Bracco. And this therapist, uh, Dr. Malfi, or Dr. Milfi, as the internet likes to call her, <laughs> it's like a dream role because she's just there and she's like, Tony, what, what's the Mr. Soprano? What's the problem this week? Oh, I didn't love my mother. She's dead to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and this mom character, I mean, I could, I could have a Sopranos podcast at this point. This mom character, I forgot about her. She's just like, oh, just let me die. I wish the good Lord would take me. And I'm like, hey, that sounds like my grandmother. <laughs> Oh man, something that I can relate to, but and then they'll bring up Nork. So Jersey, so you so have, Jersey. Uh, you haven't actually seen this before. Oh, I've seen it. Like I, like, I think the last season, yeah, the last two seasons, like six A, six B, I was strapped down and forced to watch because it was part of our cultural cultural heritage or whatever. <laughs> oh man, nice. Uh, 
So it's like I'm reliving my childhood yet again. That is good. Yeah. One mono good at a time. <laughs> so I'm happy. But uh, yeah, that's my TV court. Bang, right. bang goes the gavel. We rest our cases. And with All that, right. we are moving on. Don't worry, audience. That should be the bulkiest uh, media oh, yeah, yeah. segment of the show. Yeah, it should we go are... by real quick. Yeah, now we got to pick up the uh, movie phone. And I'm, listen, this is a collect call. So uh, I'm going to save this real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, I have not watched shit recently, but Palm Scrim. Palm Scrim. <laughs> palm Scrim. <laughs> You have received a call from Palm Springs is now screaming on Hulu. Scream it now. Yeah, I've seen. I've heard. <laughs> this is, uh, you know, I have not watched it yet, but I'm excited. This movie looks like it's right up my alley. It looks like, oh, man, I love Andy Samberg's humor. And um, it's a rom-com. You love time. I'm a, I'm a huge sucker for And, yeah, it's got that, like, little bit of sci-fi intriguiness to it. So um, next time we, we group up together, expect me to, you know, hopefully rave about Palm Springs on Hulu. I'll get to it after five seasons of The Sopranos. <laughs> after that, we got uh, we got First Cow. Uh, from oh, yeah. Four, which was released in theaters back on March 6th and limited release. But, uh, you know, obviously, I stopped going to the theaters in February because uh, I used my big brain. And, um, <laughs> so I have not seen it. Um, it only ran for about one week before everything started shutting down. So they d- decided to give it kind of an early uh vod release and um yeah so it's it came out this past friday came out just yesterday for purchase i think it's uh 15 bucks which i'm not gonna pay because i'm cheap and i like my physical but in two weeks no maybe not even two weeks i think a week and a half i believe on july 21st it's gonna hit uh rental streaming for six bucks yeah that i will uh i'll plunk down uh i'll plop down the the change for that because uh i really wanted to get a blu-ray release at some point yep and um you know as we were kind of talking about before the podcast the speculation is that uh a24 and lionsgate uh lionsgate puts out a24's blu-rays and uh supposedly they will not print a blu-ray for any movie that doesn't make it to a million so if it doesn't make it to a million domestically it'll only get a dvd and as for 4k blu-ray releases well you gotta jesus you gotta win like a fucking oscar you gotta wait for the a24 website to put one up for 50 (laughs) dollars. yeah pretty much uh so i cop 10 of those by the way if anyone i got one because i knew matt would get 10 (laughs) uh if anyone's interested Holla at your boy. Yeah, that Midsommar. Mm, mm. Num, 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 num. So, uh, yeah, look forward to hopefully talking about First Cow uh, maybe the next time we join again. Seeing and, Bessie uh, on the small screen. <laughs> and Eurovision as well. The, uh, uh, the Song of Fire and Ice or whatever the subtitle is. <laughs> um, this is, uh, it's on Netflix and I have not gotten around to it yet, but I hope to in the near future. <laughs> That's uh, that's it for me. My uh, whoever's picking up this phone is gonna have a hefty bill. This was a prison call. Yeah, <laughs> quick. Um, I'm gonna say that I had a oof, a horrific, uh, mental time with this movie. The only movie that I've seen in uh, the yes. past two weeks. Uh, I don't know what put it into my head. I was having a real depression slash anxiety spiral last Sunday. <laughs> 
And I said to myself, what movie could I watch to really pick up my attitude that I haven't seen in a while, but I know will be a good watch. So I, I was like, oh, Darren Aronofsky. There's a guy who I've seen a few films from. I've seen Mother. I've seen Black Swan. I've seen Pie. Oh, look, Requiem for a Dream is on. This will be a fun time to watch. And Matt, it was not a fun time. <laughs> this was like the most traumatized I've ever been during a movie in my fucking life. Hey, you mean the movie that's notorious for <laughs> fucking up people's mindsets and moods? Yeah. Uh, got you down? Yeah, and I, I mean, the acting in this is flawless. We've got, you know, we, we've got Ellen Bernstein, who I've received a master class from in my youth. <laughs> we, got, uh, uh, we got the Joker. Oh, God. This is a... We got Jennifer Connelly, this is a one of the Wayne's brothers. Movie. Not the Wayne's brothers. Is it the Wayne's brothers? No. It's one of them. I have to look that up. This would be a better backstory for uh, Jared Leto's Joker than Suicide Squad had. It would, but it it gave me such anxiety. And I knew everything that was coming. A, a few of my podcasts I listen to, like, that's their favorite movie. <laughs> so, like, I've listened to, like, the plot synopsis more times than I can count. And I've read it online. And I was like, all right, I prepare. But I was not ready for this. Mm. I, I was not. It, it sent me on a tizzy because it's these characters dealing with their drug overdoses. And, and she just wants to be on TV. <laughs> She just wants to be on TV. Oh, and her fridge eats her. <laughs> the the editing and the cuts and oh, it's crazy. Yeah, it's Marlon Wayans who plays Tyrone. Mm. Or, but it's crazy, man. I the, like the four leads in this: Ellen Bernstein, Jared Leto, Jennifer Connelly, and and Marlon Wayans. They're they're so good in this movie. And Aronofsky, he's. I don't know. This might be his best, but it's going to be a long time coming. <laughs> I'm going to have to be like the happiest I've ever been to watch this film again. Yep. And it'll immediately uh, crush your spirits. I got it. It fucked me up so much. <laughs> like, I can't remember. Like, I've sat through Hereditary with like a smile on my face. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Right? Uh... We watched Schindler's List uh, in, <laughs> in high school and I didn't cry as much as this. You were like, where's the fucking ZD? <laughs> there is a podcast I'm listening to called Where's the Fucking ZD? So <laughs> nice. It's a Sopranos recap podcast. They do good work on there. <laughs> but uh, Where's the Fucking ZD is right. Um, Requiem for a Dream. Watch it if you want to have your soul crushed and see good cinematography and acting, I guess. Uh, whatever happened to Darren? I think it's last thing was Mother, right? Mother! Uh, yeah, what did happen to Darren? He had a few conversations with our boy. Uh, was that him? Oh no, it wasn't him. I'm thinking of uh, uh, Ari Aster and um, Eggers. Eggers, yep. I always get them confused because they're all like New York hipsters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I don't see anything in terms of what he's got coming up next. Hmm. Yeah, let's see. Oh, I was on the personal life section. That would be why. <laughs> let's see. Um, he doesn't update his personal daily. <laughs> nothing weird all right. all right um but exciting nonetheless all right next segment trotting the boards who got anything i ain't got shit i did not watch hamilton despite uh me saying i would because i'm not a true patriotic american mm. i did watch hamilton but do i want to wait until you watch it to discuss hmm i think it'll be by next time uh, I'll, try right. to, I'll try to make that uh a priority all right, I'll give I'll give some loose thoughts just in right. case. 
because I think it's the only like theater that I'm going to be seeing in a while. <laughs> I think that's the bottom of the barrel I've been scraping, and now Broadway's closed <laughs> next January. So. Oh yeah. Here we go again. Um, it's good. It's a lot better than I remembered because, uh, like that Knives Out meme that's been going around, I saw Hamilton at the Publix, so. <laughs> uh, I saw it before it was hip. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it before it got cool. <laughs> I knew hey, Lynn I, If anyone can say that, I actually could because I think I've even mentioned it on a podcast before, but the, the original Hamilton, when Lin-Manuel premiered it, when it was mm-hmm. still kind of a work in progress, I think he only yeah. had the first act done. It was yep. done at my alma mater. Yeah. And I think it may have even been, yeah, it was during the time I was there, but it was during the summer, so I missed it. Good old Vassa. Mm-hmm. But uh, I would not have known who this man was anyway at that point. I don't time. understand that. Like, <laughs> Lin-Manuel Miranda in the Heights, you weren't aware? Not a, not a clue. Oh my god. Oh, well, when In the Heights the movie comes out next summer, yeah. you're in for a surprise. <laughs> um, but it's good. It was shot better than I thought it was, too. I wish there were more wide shots, but I understand why they made it like crazy. Like It wasn't like crazy cutting like I was expecting. Like, oh, here's a face. There's a face. Look at these dancers over here. Um, uh, they There was a lot more fluidity. Um, I feel like the they get away with shits in this like two shits but one f-bomb can drop oh i thought they did drop uh, one f-bomb it's like so garbled like the orchestrations pop up over it uh, that i don't know we were lied to it's such a shame yeah uh, but I, yeah. I listen i like disney but i wish they would uh cut this fucking shit out <laughs> literally and <laughs> i wish they would give me more shows recorded professionally quality digitally like it it makes no sense. It's something we've been asking for for years. It's not going to ruin the theater industry. Trust and believe. People will always go see the theater. It's been around. It's one of the oldest professions in the world next to prostitution horses. <laughs> <laughs> Which, uh, you know, in itself is kind of a performance. So Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's good. I, I liked it more. Mm, well, there's nothing that beats like a live audience. But you all got your Hamiltons. Can I get my Ma- Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet? please you have it at the lincoln center library just give us the cut that you have it's fine oh wow yeah every show on broadway gets recorded for not professionally but for documentary like style reasons Uh, at the lincoln center library if um you need to do research as a theater person you can make an appointment i don't know how that's working out now i don't Hmm. know if that's a thing anymore but you used to be able to do that but it's just so time consuming and then i mean you could go look online and you may find that somebody has done your job for you already and that's all i'll say on that subject (laughs) so that may be but it's good and i i think you'll really enjoy it it's a quick three hours (laughs) (laughs) but like i said you could stop at the intermission and then pick it up another day yeah 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 all right all right, uh, we'll that's next time. My trot on the board's done. Uh, One wait. final segment to go with disc jockeys. Let's wrap this baby up with, uh, uh, yeah. All right, I don't really have much to add. Um, I think uh, My Morning Jacket released a new album yesterday, which is uh, kind of interesting. And Sufjan Stevens is back. He released hey. uh, his uh his new single america last week last weekend on a fourth of july weekend 
um, and I heard it. It's a 12 minute long set. It's actually the last track from his new album. Um, I, I, mm, I have heard it. I heard it at like muted volumes because it was, <laughs> it was late at night. You heard it with no sound. I see. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So, uh, but what I heard, <laughs> what I could discern, <laughs> just was someone whispered noise. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, it's pretty good. It's great to have him back. This is uh, a little bit of a departure from his uh, most recent album you know, from like five years ago where it was uh, all soft acoustic recorded on iPad in a hotel room kind of sounds. This is fairly different from that. And I believe he released a a new single uh, just yesterday. And the new album should be out, I think, in a month or two. So that is something I'm definitely looking forward to. And uh, what else was there? I think that's about it. Kanye released a new single, but it's kind of trash. With his presidential run? Yeah, I just, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, I think we devote too much time to Kanye already. Indeed. Um, One thing came out for me this week, as I said, it's a good day when Father John Misty releases any sort of music. Ah. May he never be canceled, please, for the love of God, (laughs) please, please. Just. Uh, I think he could, uh, if anything gets thrown his way, as long as it's not like criminal, he could, he could get that storm. I can only hope, and I'm sure by next week we'll be able to be quoted on that and something bad will happen as the way things are going. But he released a new cover album, four songs EP. I don't know how to word this. I'm not a music industrial person. I think you did a great job. Uh, But four covers in Anthem Plus Three or Anthem Cross Three. I don't know how these hipsters are naming these albums nowadays. It's good. He does a Cat Stevens cover of Trouble. And I cried because I love me some Cat Stevens, Mm. as you know, by our Harold and Maude episode. (laughs) And uh, I love Father John Misty. There I said it. I think the man has a beautiful voice. (laughs) And his songs broach on uh, gentrification-based themes that... I too like to broach upon. <laughs> uh, uh, give it a listen, though. But yeah, that's it. <laughs> all right. Wow. Wow. Then, uh, ending this show with a bit of a whimper. Yeah. We got, well, we got nothing more to offer you guys. Should have ended it on Requiem or Dream. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, uh, well, we hope you enjoyed this show. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, you know, yeah, well, we're we're tweaking it. We're trying to work with what we got. Mm-hmm. How about um, how about where can our audience find you? All where right, they can done with this episode. They can find me, Jonathan Kwiatkowski, on Twitter at DrinkinReJK, or on the Instagram at Losing My Mind JK, or follow my other podcast, Anime Was Not a Mistake where we just recently had episode 69, Panty and Stocking, and we're moving on to finally finish off uh, the movie uh, continuation of one of my favorite series, Revolutionary Girl Utena. So I'm very excited for that, that this chapter is coming to a close. Nice. Yep. And you can catch me, Matt Cabrera. I will be, um, I'm going to be breaking into somebody's car across the street. Uh, I may be smashing it. I may be going GTA on it. Uh, well, n- not quite GTA because that would mean I'm flying it. But, uh, yeah, I don't know if you could hear during this episode, but their alarm has been going off for the past oh. ooh, maybe seven hours. I haven't heard a peep. Okay, well, that's good. But it is uh, infuriating. Mm, well, when you go over there, you know there's one thing that there better be, right? Hmm. 
I'm thinking. <laughs> Is there some fucking ZD? There better be some fucking ZD when you go over there. Oh, it's going to be like a horse head. I'm going to leave a plate of ZD. <laughs> oh my god, I would love to wake up to some fucking ZD in my bed. <laughs> Gross ZD. Oh, some, some good bed ZD? <laughs> pour it on my body. <laughs> oh, that's true. I don't care who gets murdered for this. Thank you for joining us for another installment of Nightcaps at the Theater. Special thanks to the Free Music Archive for providing the track Four Way by William Ross Chernoff's Nomads, an edited version of which you're hearing now. We at Nightcaps sincerely hope you enjoyed this episode. If that's the case, or even if it's not, please remember to rate our show on iTunes and leave a review. It really means a lot. Good night, and binge responsibly.